Victor, amen. Would, would you mind, would you mind tonight if you're a young preacher, I wonder if you just come sit right here, right here, amen, up here with these boys right here, all these men are young preachers, amen. I wonder if you just come up here at the front, amen. All you, all you preachers, amen, would you do that? Quite a few <clears throat> young men here that are, that are preachers, some here on the platform, and what have you, these men, God has put his hand on, called them, and uh, I'd like to, uh, next Sunday, <clears throat> next Sunday will be my uh, last Sunday to, uh, to be the pastor here, but uh, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I've just finished 42 years, and uh, uh, I don't know whether I'm just wore out, but I got over in the, the meeting over there, and, and I had people from New York and Canada and uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, uh, Marion, North Carolina, and these men, uh, uh, probably Bob, Bob Utley from over Charlotte, North Carolina, and they want to book me for meetings. I said, I, I'm not booking any meetings. I'm not an evangelist, and so you'll just have to excuse me, amen? And uh, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not uh, into that, amen? I remember years ago, we used to kind of get us a chair and turn it around backwards down on Preston Avenue, uh, when I was just a youngster, and we just kind of sit there and put the chair backwards and lean out there on the front of it and kind of check out what's coming up down the street or what's going to happen next. And I think that's what I'm going to do again is go back down and just kind of check out my roots and uh, see what's going on downtown. Amen. And I'll be right here, me and my wife. We're not going anywhere. Uh, we're, we're home, and we thank God for it. Uh, we thank God for 21 and a half years. Uh, that the Lord gave us here, and uh, just the grace of God. And we appreciate it. We really do. We don't take anything, not anything in the world, for granted. We thank God that uh, God gave us some good people here, and you, we start out with just a few, and then this church grew, and, uh, and it grew, and uh, had some good people, and it'd make any old preacher look pretty good. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, there's some things that I'd like to say to these young preachers, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure uh, as these young men go up and down the highways and roads and, and as they preach. And uh, every week after I get through, uh, every week uh, when these boys, they come in, they've been preaching, I have people call me. They call me and they say, well, uh, uh, I don't believe they ought to preach so loud. They ought not preach so uh, 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 on hell, you know. Well... Uh, I don't know, your Lord preached on it, so it'd be all right. Anything Jesus preached on, I believe you ought to be kind, I believe you ought to be gracious, I believe you ought to be considerate of other people, but you do what God tells you to do, young man, and you can't listen to anybody. Amen. Don't let none of these people intimidate you. Uh, they don't know half as much as they think they do, and those who do not deny the Bible don't know nothing. Amen. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And Paul is saying to young Timothy, a young preacher, he said, Young man, he said, I want you to remember. I want to stir up your remembrance. He taught him some things, and he said, I want to stir you up. I want to stir you up. And we need to get stirred up. God's not given us the spirit of fear. We're not to fear anybody, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, 
Don't you be ashamed of God, nor of me, his prisoner. Don't you be ashamed of me, Paul is saying, but, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Now, this Bible says, young man, that God has saved us preachers and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, and not according to our wisdom, and not according to our wealth. God has called us according to his power. Remember that. But according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. A young man, a young preacher, but uh, probably a very successful preacher, uh, he asked me to have lunch with him the other day. He made me sick in my stomach. Uh, he looked uh, so phony, uh, so much baloney. You know you know what I'm talking about? And uh, every expression and everything was just, uh, when he would start talking to me, uh, you know, I just want to throw up on the table. I, 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 I cannot stand uh, this put on business, acting like a minister, you know, or flip all that baloney. Amen. I, I can't handle it myself. Um, if anything I hate is uh, put on. Amen. Papa never trained us to be a hypocrite. Amen. Amen. But now it made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, and brought life and immortality to life, light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher. I was appointed a preacher. I didn't, I didn't surrender to preach. Bless God, I was called to preach. Amen. And Paul said here one time, the Lord hath put me into the ministry. One time uh, Amos said, and the Lord, uh, the Lord, I was gathering sycamore fruit, and the Lord took me. I was not a prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but a herdsman gathering sycamore fruit, and the Lord took me. That's what, that's what, Tim, that's what Amos said. Paul said, the Lord put me. One got took, one got put. Amen. I preached that one time. He said, I was appointed a preacher. Wasn't only called to be a preacher, I was called to be an apostle. And that was a missionary. He spent his whole life dealing with the Gentile world. And a teacher of the Gentile. He said, I'm, I'm a preacher. I, I'm a missionary. I'm, a, I'm going out building local churches. But I'm a teacher of the Gentile. For the which cause I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. And there that word is again, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed that God called me to be a preacher. Amen. I'm not ashamed. I know whom I've believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. I gave him a soul. He's able to handle it. Hold fast the form of sound words. Sound words. Brother Wood, what does that word sound mean? Just good, healthy words. Sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and in love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. And I want to stop right there. And, and I, I'd like to preach tonight, if the Lord uh, would permit, on some things that I f refuse to allow. You know, uh, people have talked to me since the day I got saved. Since the day I got called to preach, preachers have done their best to uncall me. I guess I've had, I don't know, I could name numbers of them. Took me out to dinner, told me I ought to get out of the ministry. 
and I, I agreed with them. But uh, no use disagreeing with them, you know. You know you ain't got nothing. You know you're not nothing. And so they said, you ought to get out of mess. Well, amen, that's right. But he called me. So I can't get out. And Paul said, if I preach not the gospel, woe is me. And I don't care about that woe business. Amen. Now, some things that I will not put up with. I will not, young preacher, I will not listen to nobody tell me how that I'm supposed to preach. You, you, uh, you know, I, I like to hear uh, little Gene Pereira preach. He, he's quieter. He's quieter. He's not like his dad. He's not trying to be his dad. He's not like his brother. He's not like his pastor. Uh, he just, uh, he's just a quiet preacher. But I'm not quiet. You said, I can hear you. Well, that's good. I made a vow to God that when, uh, when I was a young man, I had a preacher talk like he had a mouthful of mush, and he's afraid he's going to swallow it. And, uh, and he just went, and I'd go to sleep. I just a kid. I'd go to sleep in that church. I slept more in that church than I slept at home. I guarantee one thing, we never have had that problem. Once in a while, one go to sleep, but I'll wake him up. Amen? Amen. But you can't tell me how to preach. You say, it's too loud. What's it make you how loud it is? Uh, of course, now today, they wasn't very loud. The oilers wasn't very loud today. They were lousy, but they wasn't loud. Amen. Thank you. But uh, what are you saying, brother? Well, the crowd uh, hates a loser. It's hard to keep your fans when you're a constant loser. Amen. So you, you walk around like uh, your mother-in-law moved in. She's going to spend 20 years there, and uh, people think you're a loser. Amen. But it's too loud. You're preaching too long. Hey, God call me. God call me. And I believe a preacher ought to be wise about time. I really do. And, uh, and I've, had, uh, I've had even right here the other day, some of these ladies were here and the men were working and the ladies working around here on this stuff, getting ready for the camp meeting. And this preacher come in and said, all over town, all over town, they just think y'all don't have any love. Uh, Paul didn't either. Paul didn't either. He said, hold fast that which I have sound words, which I have heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Love is not in action and words. Anybody can say, I love you, and stick a knife right between your shoulder blades before dark. Oh, I've had, I've had preachers say, I love you, Brother Wood. God knows I love you. I took up a $3,400 offer one time for a missionary for him to catch a plane, and before he could get out of the country, before he could get out of the plane, he said, I went to that church, there's a shouting and screaming, running down, I said, act like a bunch of idiots. I wish I hadn't went. I wish you hadn't come either. We'd be 3,400 richer. Amen. Amen. Is that a blessing? Ain't that a blessing? But uh, uh, he said, we didn't have love. And we didn't have moderation. And we were too emotional. I noticed his wife crying when we took up an offer. She got pretty emotional about that 3,400. Amen. 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 And a few years later, I got a letter from him. He was pretty emotional. But I won't bring that up. It was too loud. It was too long. And uh, it doesn't have any love in it. And you know people tell me all the time, they tell me all the time, you need to be more tolerant. You need to be more tolerant. Uh, let's see. I'm 66 years old. I'll be 67 in December. I've never got up out of a service but one time in my life and walked out of a service. Never one time, one time. I got up and walked out of a service, and that's because a guy began to preach on Calvinism, and he told me when I went there that he was not a Calvinist. And I just got up and walked out. You say, what is that? Well, you know, it's going to happen regardless of what's going to happen. And when you know when you walk under the door and the hammer hits you in the head, and you, I'm glad that's over. And uh, so, you know, uh, uh, that, that's what it is, you know. And I, that ain't what I am. And he said that wasn't what he was. So I made him a liar. And so I didn't want to hear him preach. And I got up and left. 
and my wife was with me, and all the kids were lined up in the pew, and we just marched out the door, and I waved at him. And, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, wasn't ugly about it at all. I just left. But uh, th these, uh, these people that want you to be tolerant, uh, these wicked, godless religious crowd, they want you to be, uh, oh, so tolerant. And they're so tolerant. I mean, in a, I mean, they're having a dedication service in a rescue mission. And <laughs> they get up because they can't stand Job for five minutes. Amen. And uh, Brother Bobby and him will be preaching in the prisons, in the jail. And these tolerant people, these ecumenical, these ecumenicals. Amen. I can't even spell it. I know I ain't one. Amen. I ain't one. Amen. I ain't. And, but Brother Bobby, they'll go down to their office because they got things to do, don't they? Now, they're not coming to the service of the Brother Bobby. They, they, won't, they won't hang around you. Why? Hey, hey, you leave them alone. You don't be ugly. You don't be unkind. Hey, preacher boy, you leave them alone. You don't need them. They don't have nothing. 99% of them have never been saved. You don't need them. Amen. Here's, here's what they do. In San Antonio the other day, some artist came there. My wife was describing it to me. And he painted a picture of what he thought Mary looked like. Oh, man. The whole religious town was on an uprise that he would paint Mary like that. That, that don't look like Mary. Hey, neither one of them dummies ever seen Mary. How do they know what Mary looked like? Huh? I mean, the man, the man, wasn't, the man wasn't crude. The man wasn't rude. The man, did, he's an artist. And, and, the, and the whole world said, that ain't true. Oh, that, that's not Mary, the mother of God. That ain't her. Hey, she ain't the mother of God. She said, Jesus is my Savior. That's what she said. And whatsoever he says unto me, do it. So this guy painted her. This is this religious crowd. Now, ain't that something to fight about? God told you not to be painting them pictures no how, so what do you worry about all that? But people come along and all through my life, they said, preacher, you're too hard. Well, I mean, the Bible said, cry aloud and spare not and lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression. Now, what is that? does that? Does that mean to be sweet and be nice and have lace on your drawers? Amen. Is that what that means? No, that ain't what that means. That means for a preacher to stand up and preach. You know what it does? When, when a preacher will stand up and preach, uh, you know, it was a young man coming here the other day, and he said, man, I just feel at home here. I said, well, we're glad to have you. I see him coming this morning, just, just him by himself, coming with a couple of children. He said, man, it's good to be here. He said, I just feel like I'm a part of this thing. Well, he's raised down there where they, where they preached. Boy, I'm telling you, too hard. I never have been where preaching was too hard. Amen. I tell you what, when it gets too hard, I know one thing, I'm too soft. You know, maybe I ought to harden up a little bit. Amen. Come on now. Don't, don't, don't leave me now. It's too hurtful. Hey, the Bible said we're to reprove and to rebuke with all long-suffering. Now, we're, we're not to do it crude and we're not to be unkind. But this Bible said to reprove and to rebuke with all long-suffering. Billy Graham said the other day that he finally decided. He finally decided after 50 years. He finally decided there wasn't no hell. Well, he'll find out. And oh, I've had preachers just, just mash on me when I say that. You say, I, I can't stand to hear you say that. So what? I had my doubts about all that years ago. I tell you what, when a man's got a ministry, 
And so one time I just went in and I got a report from the Internal Revenue that uh, that year he got 167 million bucks. And when a guy gets 167 million for a year's work, I'm doubtful. Now, now Jimmy didn't do as good as he did. You know, little uh, Jimmy the Kid down in Louisiana, Jimmy Swagger, he wasn't doing that good. Poor little old Jimmy, he didn't get back with 125 million. Poor little old Jimmy. Poor little old Jimmy. I, I saw, I, I went by his place the other day and they knocked his church down. And they, they said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, except if it belonged to Jimmy. See, can't belong to Jimmy, got to belong to Jesus, man. That's Jesus. Come on, y'all might as well get with me. I mean, your mother-in-law ain't moving in. Come on here. Hey, hey, don't be hurtful. Don't be hateful. Man, I've heard people just tell me that we'd be unkind. And, and you know, I, I heard Dr. Billy Graham preaching one time, and he said that uh, he said he's red-faced fundamentalists. That's me. That's me. I am. I'm going to say one thing. You, you go around and find any little 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old children, you say, they don't know any better. Yeah? I'm like Bob Jones. If children don't like you, I don't either. If children are scared of you, I am too. Amen. But all these little old children in here, man, they love this old preacher. And they always have. Amen. Amen. All people can't uh, put up with me is this religious crowd. Because, you see, they want to control you. And they want to counsel you. And they want to put a claim on you that you belong to them. Hey, boy, God called you. Ain't nobody else called you. You're supposed to have a teachable spirit. Amen. You're supposed to have a teachable spirit. You're supposed to have a church you belong to. But I'm going to tell you something. They're going to tell me what to preach. I've been, this has been going on for years and years, preacher. This is too, preacher, you're too controversial. Well, I know that. But I'm going to tell you, this Bible right here is a very controversial book. You see this book right here? It's very controversial. The Bible said, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You said, well, when I see Peter, I talk to Peter. I said, God said you was not going to see it. And Peter ain't got nothing to do with it. Peter, just like you're going to get in, you've got to get on your knees and ask God to save you, or you ain't going to get in. I mean, that's exactly the way Peter got in. God, I mean, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Peter, Peter well, well, listen, this thing is controversial. And a preacher must be about half controversial. You take one of these little namby-pamby preachers that walks around and, and uh, one, one lady in the community, she said, my preacher is probably the greatest preacher in America. Because she said, there's not one person in the world ever said anything bad about him. Well, I guarantee you, Shady Acres can't say that. Can't say that. Amen. I'll tell you what you do. You fight the devil. You fight the devil about 40 years and you get somebody stirred up. I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ was the most controversial person that ever walked the face of God's earth, and he is today. Everybody likes Jesus until he becomes the God-man. Amen? I mean, great is the mystery of God. God was manifested in the flesh. And when we say he was God in the flesh, that's what the Bible said. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. That makes it controversial. And Jesus came there, and they needed a king, and he said, that's who I am. But they didn't want him. They didn't want him. And they denied that he was the king of glory. 
But he was the king. That's controversial. But here's the, here's the serious thing about this. You can't tell me what to preach because, you see, it's very confronting. I mean, when you, when you confront people with the gospel, I, I was talking to a little fella. He told me he was from Ethiopia. He couldn't talk plain. And one of these boys here, Brother, Brother Allen here, was talking to him. And uh, he had witnessed this man. And so I, I came out of the, the place and walked by the cash register going out the door. And, uh, and uh, he said, uh, who are you? I said, I ain't nobody. I'm just getting this truck right out here. Oh, he said, you were those fellas? I said, yeah. He said, uh, how do you get saved? And Alan had dealt with him there. And I, and I told him how to be saved. He said, you know, for 20 years I've been in America. And I, I've been living here in this town right here in Rains, Louisiana. And he said, ain't nobody ever told me how to be saved. Oh, you said everybody knows how to be saved. This little fellow from this little fellow from Ethiopia didn't know how to be saved. And I told him how to be saved and went over about 15 or 20 minutes with him and showed him how to be saved. Brother Allen had given him a gospel track and told him uh, how to be saved. And when we left there, he knew how to be saved. He said, what you just told me is that I've got to let the Lord Jesus Christ come into my heart and save me. I said, yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. He said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. He said, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so Alan just throwed a little seed out there. Boom. And down he went. Amen. And then he started telling me. First when I started talking to him, he told me how good he was. Time we got through talking, he started telling me how bad he was. And he said, I am a bad Negro. That's what he said. I, I didn't say it. He said he's from Nigeria. I thought he was a Cajun. He was talking so funny, you know. I said, well, he must be a Cajun. We're in Cajun country. And, uh, and we were playing the radio, and it had Cajun music on it. And so I said, he must be a, a Cajun. No, he wasn't no Cajun. He just slipped in there from Nigeria. All the way down from Ethiopia it was. All the way in there. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Well, uh, let me just say this. See, you just confront a man. You say, I don't believe you ought to do that. I know it, but that's the way Jesus did it. Hey, girl. Hey, what you doing here at this well? Hey, girl, where's your husband? Huh? Yeah. And he began to draw all this story out of this girl, and he saved that girl. Hey, listen, she was dealing with the prince of preachers. She, she, she was dealing with the master of the preacher. She was dealing with a man who was the preacher above all preachers, and he was the most controversial man that ever lived. He is the most confrontive man that ever He just confronted everybody. Except you're born again. You cannot see the king. Nicodemus said, you know who you're talking to? Hey, I'm a big shot. He said, you, he said, you are. He said, you don't know these things and you be a master in Israel? You don't, you don't know that you got to be born again? I tell you, don't tell me how to preach. People said, Brother Wood, you're very critical. That Bible is very critical. Read it. You know why we don't like the Bible? Because the Bible talks to us. The Bible don't say your neighbor. The Bible says you. And see, the reason we don't like the Bible is because it tells us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Amen? And it tells us to get a hold of our mouth and shut up. Amen? And it tells us to get a hold of our lives and clean up. And it tells us to take a bath in the Word of God and wash up and get ready to go up. And so, what? Well, and we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't listen to much of this book. Well, I just never did like nobody tell me how to what to preach. And then I never did tell, like people tell me who to fellowship with. I, I, when I was a young preacher and just started out, you know, they said, I want to tell you now, 
You flew around over Brother Roloff and Joe Boyd and those men. And they said, you'll, you'll wind up. You, you can't go to Tennessee Temple School. You can't go to, because that, you know, that school is, uh, uh, that school is just that. And well, okay. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't need anybody to pick my friends. Pick them on. If I don't like you, I don't have to eat dinner with you, do I? If you don't like me, you don't have to come to my house, do you? Amen. And if I don't, if I don't like a bunch of preachers, I don't have to mess with them either. I said, amen. I'm not a movie star. I'm not an actor. You know, a man told me this who worked for Cecil B. Mills. Everybody knows who Cecil B. Mills was. And uh, he told me this, this story. He, he put out that film, The Burning Hell. And uh, his boy told me the story. Uh, Tim, his son, told me, T Tim Armand, told me the story of his dad working for Cecil. And he said, you know, Cecil B. Mills was a born-again man. He said he worked for that movie, and does, but he was a born-again man. And, uh, and I, I read somewhere this morning, just this morning, I picked up some literature somewhere, and it gave a whole story about Cecil B. Mills, how that one day that, uh, uh, the, that he went to church, and there wasn't nobody there but one preacher. And nobody came to the church. And so he was just a kid, 12 or 13 years old, and, uh, and uh, he was sitting there, and he listened to the whole sermon, and there wasn't nobody in that country church but him. And so the preacher asked him, said, well, would, would you like for somebody to pray with you or pray for you? And he said, I sure would. And he came forward, and the preacher walked right down the front and uh, reached down and put his hand on that little toe-headed kid's head and prayed for him. And when he got through praying for him, Cecil B. Mill said, It changed my life to hear him preach. And then he said, when he put his hand on me and began to pray for me, I knew that God had touched my life. I said, My Lord. You know, you read about people, you see people, you hear about people. And yet you don't know nothing about their personal experience. Nothing whatsoever. Amen. I, I think you can't tell me who to fellowship with. I need to pick my own friends. Sometimes, you know, I have friends that come in here and preach and you might not even like them. But I, I know they'll help you. So I get them. You say, well, <laughs> Brother Wood, you know, they live too far north. Some of them Yankees. <laughs> I know. But some of y'all are transplanted Yankees in here. You wasn't born down here in the Southland. I can tell the way you put your hat on. Amen. Amen. You can't, you can't tell me who to fellowship. Uh, this is not you. This is me. Hey, where, where did the Christian world think that they could tell me who to have, be friends with and who to fellowship with? And, and that, that preacher, I never forget this preacher tell me, he said, uh, uh, you, you can't fool with Brother Roloff. And I said, hey, man, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. The first year I was saved, uh, this man just fed me the Word of God. And then when I want to go to Tennessee Temple School, I, he give us about fifty dollars. I don't know how much remember now. Can't remember how much it was. He give us the money for gas money to get up out of school on. And uh, one time they decided that we was too rough. They might not want us there. Uh, me and brother Willie called me. Willie just got out of Florence, Arizona State Prison, and I need to be in there. And and, and there we were. And they was going to ask us to leave the school. And uh, and brother Walker said, Oh no, oh no, you can't do that. They're my friends. And just because we're friends of him, they said, oh, they can stay as long as they want to. How long ago has that been, brother? About 40 years. 40 years ago. Amen. Amen. You can't tell me who to be friends with. Amen. <laughs> I like this. I really do. I, not only Brother Walker. Used to be a black man here. He's dead now, Dr. East Santa Branch. People said, you can't have a black preacher here. Before I was saved, uh, 
I, I wasn't a member of the clan, but I was looking for a place to join. There's one thing I hated when I got saved. I hated every Mexican that I ever seen. I hated them. God knows I hated them. I, I mean, Joe, I'm telling you, I'll shoot too, Joe. Yeah, I, but I got saved, Elazar. I got saved. I, I got saved from all that foolishness. Amen? But I, I, I'm telling you, you know, back when I was on the streets, you know, downtown Houston, downtown Houston, uh, they used to, you know, 42 years ago, 45 years ago, uh, all them boys, they called them black shirts. And all them girls wore them pompadour and had a straight razor stuck in that pompadour. Huh? Yeah. Man, I tell you, we lived in Cottage Grove. And they lived somewhere else. And they stayed in the ward and we stayed in Cottage Grove. And oh Lord, have mercy when we got out of there. It's awful. But I'm going to say, when I got saved, I picked my friends. I don't care what, they, I don't care if he's a Chinaman. I don't care if he's a half Chinaman and half black. And other third Mexican. <laughs> Ain't none of you been. I, I fellowship with whoever I want to. I will pick my own friends. Amen. Yeah, I've had people tell me, "Oh, you can't build a Mexican church. Why? It just won't grow." He said, "That's just a well fine thing." Yeah, brother, I give one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars to mission last year. Yes, sir. Yeah, we saw it. Hey, listen, this church, uh, put that church together, brother Danny Father's church. If you young people don't know it. Uh, for, for two years, we put him out there. We paid his salary. We started that church. That land belonged to this church. That building belonged to this church. It all belonged to this church. And that church in New Caney was put out there by the Shady Acre Baptist Church. And that Liberty Mexican Church this morning had between 550 and 600 people. And the Shady Acre Baptist Church put it together. Yes, God used those men to do it. But he used this money church to furnish the money. Glory be to God. You tell me who to be friends. I'll pick my own friend. Thank you. You know what's funny about us, isn't it? We pick friends, and, and, and we, want, we say, well, I wonder why that guy runs around with him. Because he don't like you. <laughs> isn't that simple? Isn't that simple? Hey. You said, well, water seeks its own level. Well, I don't know about that. When it comes to looking for your friends. Because that's true. I fellowship with some folks that ain't got no level. Can't tell me who to fellowship with. Please, let me tell you. And you can't, you can't tell me who to preach for. Nobody, nobody. You, you can't do that. I, you don't have that, you don't have that authority. A Catholic church asked me one time, it's been years ago, 18 years ago maybe, a Catholic church here asked me to come. And they want to meet with me. So I went down here and met with that church. And they said, would you preach Sunday morning? And I, I walked around.